This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 46 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Index Fund Advisors, IFA.com. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network. And today, we have the legends of college, college rodeo stopping by, and they're going to share how their generation began to reshape rodeo and cowboys, the definition of those, and they gave it a better future. This is Debbie Laux, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thank you for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have my producer, Jen, with me today. Hi, Jen. Good afternoon. How are you? Fine. I'm fine. How are you? How's everything in Ocala? Everything in Ocala is settled down. The, uh, the stormy month of July is past us. Shoo. So, yeah, we're now we're back to kind of normal weather here for Ocala, hot and only rainy every other day or so, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. But yeah. looking forward to autumn. How about you? It's I just bet. beautiful yeah. all the time over there. You can't. Well, I like autumn. I like autumn a lot. I mean, August is kind of kicked back, and it's always fun because we got lots of stuff going, and people are coming from all over the world. But autumn is kind of the. I think it's the one time of year to kind of catch up and breathe and and build a little bit again. And so, yeah, I like autumn in California. It's it's the weather is the same. All the the time, weather doesn't change. Do you have any? deciduous trees you get do you have any leaf color or anything like that coming in the fall you know we not a lot but we have this one kind of tree it's a, a type of maple that is sweet sweet gum is what we call oh, yeah. it I'm not okay. sweet. get a little bit of fall color and and they're really beautiful but most of the time those palm trees don't change color too much no, you know no. <laughs> no no you know that in florida too so, well yeah. yeah we have uh we have a lot of oak trees here Oh, but yeah. they don't really get pretty colors. They, they're green, and then the next day they're brown and everything falls yeah. off. There's no in-between. <laughs> We've got the deer. They're, the deer are so cute. that the, They've all you know, had their little babies now. That was about May. And so they're starting. They're losing their spots now. And so the mamas are starting to get nervous. It's getting close to rutting season. Oh, boy. <laughs> and they, they start circling the house closer and closer. And the babies are getting more independent. And I know the big boys are going to come walking in any time. But they, what they do is they stand up on their hind feet and they they eat the elm tree, and it's a perfect page boy. All the big elms that we have out in the front are perfect page boys. Like, you know, the bottom is just like straight. <laughs> they're perfectly trimmed. Ask, they're perfectly trimmed. People ask us all the time, who is it that, you know, goes and does all that trimming? We're like, the deer do. <laughs> we don't do that. It's so cute, though. And when they stand up on their hind feet, it's amazing to see. Amazing. I don't know how they balance, that but they can do anything. must so. be tasty stuff. It must be really good elm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's get started because I, I really, I really was so pleased that we got to do this, this segment and this interview because we got a couple of people together that I've been dying to get together for a really, really long time. Um, we've got Monty Roberts and we got Jack Roddy. And Jack Roddy, um, people can Google him. He's pretty much uh, changed the face of rodeo. And Monty and Jack were on a rodeo team together. We'll talk a little bit about their, their backgrounds. But in a time when... Uh, the whole shift in agriculture was changing in the Western world, and it was a mid-century time. And I'm just really pleased that while these guys can sit around and reminisce, we were able to to record them for a little while. That was pretty fun, huh, Jen? That was really cool. We got to be a fly on the wall mm-hmm. between Jack and Monty. 
And it was fascinating to hear about their early years in college because that's not something we get to hear about from Monty very often. And he he went back and he and Jack were obviously fast friends then and still are today to hear about their motivation to go to school, how they feel about their alma mater, which is very interesting. And it was a it's a different perspective about how they feel about it because Cal Poly is a little bit of a unique school. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, Jack calls it the Notre Dame of rodeo and, and agriculture um, because it really was that salt of the earth school, not uh, so cerebral, but they all got a good education. And, and, and actually, uh, even though they, maybe they didn't set out to do that, they really, their sport was what they went in there for. They came out better human beings for it and uh, with a sense of purpose that way. So it'll be fun to hear that. So the reason I got to sneak this interview in is because there's this lady named Katie Cooney who's writing a, a biography on Jack Roddy right now and doing the research. And she wanted to interview um, Monty. And I said, let's get them together and interview them together, which is much more fun when they start telling stories. So um, in the second segment, everybody has to hang in there because in the second segment is when they tell their stories oh, and they yes. get to laughing. They <laughs> Forget we were there, Jen. You remember that? This is kind of um, Monty Roberts unplugged. Yeah. A little bit. Yes. It, it's quite interesting because the college life hasn't changed all that much. Not a lot. <laughs> exactly. It's still an animal house. Ha, ha, ha. That's right. <laughs> Literally. Stay tuned. Literally. <laughs> well, let's get right to it, Debbie. Hi, I'm Mark Hebner, president of Index Fund Advisors and proud owner of Monty Roberts Willing Partners graduate, He's a Sugar Bear. (laughs) You know, investment portfolios are a lot like horses. You need to find one that best suits you, your temperament, and your stage of life. Some people might like an energetic horse and an aggressive investment portfolio, while others are more comfortable with a gentle ride and a more conservative investment portfolio. The trick is to find the one that's right for you. That's what Index Fund Advisors is all about, matching people with portfolios, risk-appropriate, low-cost, and globally diversified investment portfolios. You can find the right portfolio for you by taking the Risk Capacity Survey at ifa.com. That's IFA as an Index Fund Advisors. Or you can call us toll-free at 888-643-3133. That's 888-643-3133. Photographer and writer Katie Cooney photographs and is currently writing the biography of rodeo legend Jack Roddy. She attended the Cal Poly University as well as Jack in San Luis Obispo, California. And she earned an undergraduate degree in human development. And she holds two master's degrees. One is in counseling, psychology, and she has an MBA. And Katie has traveled to 78 countries. And she's learned, explored, volunteered, and worked. And she now works at a nonprofit in uh, Silicon Valley, California. She's our interviewer today. And I can't wait to see what she asks 
the, the felons. Yeah. 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 She knows a lot about this background. So it'll be really interesting to see how she deals with each guy. Um, I, I'm ready for her to take over. <laughs> so the, 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 the three guys are Monty Roberts, Jack Roddy, and Jim Capps. So a little about them. Uh, Monty Roberts is known as the man who listens to horses by the same book that uh, title that he wrote. Uh, he is a creator of the world-renowned and revolutionary equine training technique called Join Up. And he travels uh, around the world demonstrating that nonviolent horse training creates breakthrough performance and, and creates a partnership with your horse. He also graduated Cal Poly State University. He was a triple major in San Luis Obispo. And he was on the rodeo team with some of the legends of the sport. So our first guest. Now, who comes up next? Mm-hmm. And then Jack Roddy who is the subject of this book that Katie is writing, born in San Francisco, raised in San Jose, California, and then went to Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, and he graduated with a degree in animal husbandry. And when he joined the Cal Poly rodeo team in 1957, they won the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association all-around cowboy and uh, team that year, his first year. And he became a powerful force in steer wrestling, sometimes called bulldogging, in the early 1960s. And he went to the National Finals Rodeo. That's the National Pro Rodeo uh, for the first time in 1962, pretty darn young. And in 66, he won the world championship in steer wrestling in 66 and 68. Um, I think that's setting a record for total earnings in that event, too. So he is one tough guy. That's a really tough sport. Ooh. That's a big dude. Yeah, it yeah. is. And this is where, for people who don't know, this is where you, you he leaves a chute with, uh, on a horse on one side, and then you have a hazer, which is uh, a, another person on another horse who just kind of keeps the steer in between you, makes an Oreo cookie for you, and the steer is released from the chute in between you and dashes out, and then Jack, or the, your bulldogger, jumps down, grabs him by the horns, and wrestles him to the ground. Fastest time wins. That's it's, it. You, you leap. It's kind of like parachuting. You leap <laughs> from a perfectly wonderful horse onto the ground. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> well, you don't even get the ground. You, you leap onto the horns You first. leap onto you... the horns of a cow. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear about his stories for that sport. And then oh we also have gosh. Jim Capps on, uh, on the show, too. Yeah, and Jim was like the team mascot. He was he was supposed to hold these guys together. Poor Jim. <laughs> what a job. But he was from Oklahoma, and Jim Capps moved to California in 1960, and he settled in San Maria, which is pretty close to where Cal Poly San Luis Obispo is. And he was a competitive team roper, and uh, he was on the rodeo circuit for decades after that, and he still ropes today. Uh, he worked in veterinary supply industry for 25 years and environmental consulting for 25 years. So he really kept agriculture in his bloodline, too. The one thing that uh, Caps and, and Jack and I have going in common is that we're still here, and almost everybody else that we'd love to pull into this uh, conversation is already dead and gone, so uh, we're the survivors anyway. But uh, Caps, right. Caps as, so as, as Jack said earlier, Caps tried to keep us straight, and uh, he was a complete failure. All that, so here we are. We, we he got us he got us surviving, and that's that's all he did. But dang, it was a tough job, wasn't it, Caps? Yes, it was. Keep, keeping you two guys alive, 
You've tried to kill yourselves too many times. <laughs> well, I'm going to jump in on this party just to get it sort of started. I don't know how much time you all have today, but um, we hope to get lots of uh, stories and conversations going and, and just a, a maybe a primer to a reunion that you guys um, would love to have, and we'd love to put you all in the same room too. Uh, but Katie is attempting to get some background for the book. And um, so we doubled up on our our day today, and I wanted to get this recorded for Horsemanship Radio. And you guys are legends of the um, not only the rodeo um, discipline, but you're also legends of the after party of rodeo, which is <laughs> the business of rodeo. And, um, and you're great spokesmen for the, the, not only the historic level of college rodeo, but also professional rodeo. So we want to hear from uh, a little bit of both of you. Katie, do you want to give like a one sentence overview of what you'd like to achieve today? Absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you so much, Debbie. Men, what I would like to get out of this session today is uh, a few things. Number one, I'd love to hear about your time at Cal Poly on the rodeo team, what that was like, the camaraderie and the excitement as you guys went in to win your NIRA title that year, maybe what the coach was like, uh, what daily life felt like to you, what it looked like, and I would say keep in mind this, I'm trying to take that information and translate that in so when someone reads the book, they just get a good sense of what it felt like to be at Cal Poly during those years. And I know it was the first year women were there and you guys were just such a powerful rodeo team. That would be one part of it. So what it felt like to be there at Cal Poly and on the rodeo team. Uh, Number two, I would say, the relationships that you made. I know for Jack, some of the men that were on that team in those years continue to be some of the most powerful friendships and relationships, both in the arena, personal life, and business as he moves forward. And number three, I would just welcome any other tidbits or stories that you'd like to share that you think that a reader would love uh, that are G-rated or maybe PG-13 would even be good. I can always edit. And that would be my goal today, those three things. And that would be super. Wow, that was one sentence? I'm kidding. (laughs) Yeah, that was one sentence. (laughs) No, thank you for setting that. I'm Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you for setting the tone. So what we'll do now, you guys can be thinking about that. That might take some noodling. I'm really excited to be here today. I'd like to ask you gentlemen today about your time at the Cal Poly State University in San Luis Obispo, where you were on the Cal Poly rodeo team that was so successful in the years of 1957 and 1958. My first question today would be, can you give me a flavor of what it was like to be at Cal Poly and on the rodeo team during those years? And I'll start off the questioning with Monty Roberts. Okay, well, I I think I preceded Jack by one year at Cal Poly, and then he came along, but I, um, he's a lot younger than me, so that's okay, but um, there there I was, I knew Jack from junior rodeos and stuff, you know, like that, and I knew his dad, John Roddy, with the bars that he had in San Francisco and San Jose, and uh, 
you know, it was a prominent family. So to have somebody coming in like that, and I, I had just uh, won a national, whatever you call national championship uh, before that. And um, we, we needed good hands on there. And Greg Ward was to come along later and bless his soul. He, he's gone now. But um, it was wonderful to have Jack come in, and I announced to him that I used to own his horse. And he said, no, you didn't. Nobody else has owned this horse. Well, it turns out that his dad, John, sent the horse to a professional trainer. And that trainer needed money at times, and he sold me the horse from Jack's dad. And then I had the horse home. I was real proud of him. I loved him to death. And uh, I was roping on him and everything. And here comes Jack's dad and says, that's my horse. And he gave me my money back and took the horse. I only paid $750 for him, and he was worth anything. I mean, he was a nice horse. And that's how Jack and my relationship started at Cal Poly. But um, honestly, I, I have to tell you and be perfectly honest about it. We have not seen near enough of each other over these past 45 or 50 years, whatever it is. But Jack is always there, third base in my thoughts, my mind. I, I, I kind of base it on him. I had John W. Jones as, as one of those bases of, of solid foundation, too. And then we lost John a couple of years ago. Uh, but Jack is out there. He's out there, and, and he's, a, he's a, a balance point for me, something that I can reach to in reality, the, the ground-level kind of friendship that we had is just off the charts. And, uh, you know, in those early days, it was Caps, too. And Caps helped me get down the road. He helped take care of horses, warm up horses, and do all the things that I needed done. And that relationship never goes away. That foundation, that reaching out to a solid place in the middle of the river, um, those are the kind of people they are, and that's the kind of relationship I started at Cal Poly with Jack Roddy and Jim Caps, and it's just gone on. Excellent. That's wonderful. What was your experience on the rodeo team and the camaraderie that you guys felt? You're asking Monty Roberts? Yeah, Monty. Yeah, sorry. Let me ask you that. Well, Jack Roddy was the closest to me on the team. Um, I don't know. I was like an older brother, I guess, kind of thing. And, uh, it was, it was a very close relationship. Greg Ward close to, uh, Greg came in, uh, damaged goods. He had a tractor roll over on his head and he had no lateral vision, but man alive, good thing for everybody else that he had no lateral vision. Cause he went on and won 16 world championships without it. And, uh, he he was close too, but but uh, Greg was a beginner in rodeo, kind of a you know uh, upcomer in rodeo, and he wanted to get over into the horse shows. But um, Jack and I were we were in full swing and trying to go down the road and and uh, earn points and and do well, and so it was an extremely close relationship, like a family would be. And uh, I can't remember a time when it wasn't fun. I cannot remember a time when it wasn't fun to go down the road with Jack and Jim and, and Greg Ward and people like that. Excellent. And Jack, how about you? What is your recollection of that time? <clears throat> well, my history goes way back with Monty. Uh, till 1946 or 47, Monty was a tr- tremendous horseman. Uh, 
and I've always admired great horsemen. And when I was a kid, I was nine years old. In fact, Monty's got the program, gave me one. I think he still got it, where I showed a horse against him at the Salinas Rodeo. I think it was 46 or 47 in the bridal class. Monty, remember that? Yeah, I do. And anyway, Monty was a tremendous horseman. And my dad, his dad roped down there. My father roped in the single steer roping at Salinas. So I think Monty is the oldest guy that I know that I rodeoed with and did things with. We were nine years old when I knew him. Uh, when I went to Cal Poly, I really didn't go there for an education. I went there to rodeo because I was a professional when I was 15. But I heard all about Cal Poly, Cotton Rosser, the great cowboys, and I wanted to go to Cal Poly. And when I got there, Monty lived right across the street. He had a saddle shop. And him and his wife, Pat, lived right across the street from me, and we got to be close friends. I heard and knew all about him and watched him show horses and admired his horsemanship. Uh, anyway, we lived across the street, and then he had a little stable out in Edna. And John W. Jones was a guy that I admired, was a world champion, my dearest friend. John lived in Morro Bay, and Monty and, and John were good friends, and they had a little rodeo grounds, practice arena. And I remember going out there practicing with Monty, and there was a steer that Monty flattened and John <laughs> flattened. And I was young, and I thought, I'll show these guys. And there was a barrel out in the arena. That steer picked me up, went over the barrels with me. So I got many, many stories about Monty. But I've always admired him as a great horseman. And as a horseman, he, he was, to me, the complete cowboy. Because his intercollegiate world champion, Bulldogger, he roped calves, team rope, showed cutting horses, bridle horses. And I guess I can go on and on with these stories about Monty. And to be affiliated over the years, I think the reason, Monty, that we haven't had the time is because I got off in rodeo traveling. You were successful, so a lot of times uh, we were busy doing our thing, but I'll never forget when we were young at Cal Poly uh, together. The parties we had, the fun we had. You mentioned about the horse that you bought. <laughs> El Chongo was his name, and the yeah. guy that sold that horse just went in the Salinas Hall of Fame. His name was Harry Rose, correct, Monty? Yeah, that's right. He, he was just <laughs> inducted into the Cowboy Hall of Fame, the Salinas <laughs> Hall of Fame. He was a dear old friend of ours. So I go way back with Monty, all the things we did. I remember uh, Cal Poly, he had a bulldog and horse could really run. And I think it was a baseball team at a world-class sprinter. And I, I made a hundred bucks. They, for, I think it was a hundred-yard race. Monty had his bulldog and horse and his world-class sprinter and that horse outrun him. And I remember I I won $100, and that was like a 1000 today. <laughs> so the stories go on and on. Greg Ward, uh, when I knew him, or bib overalls, couldn't hardly spell horse. Not me and I had horse backgrounds, but Greg was a competitor also. And he went yeah. on to become one of our greatest horsemen in history and one of my dearest friends. So I was fortunate in life. I, I met and was acquainted with the best horsemen. Uh, in the country, and I've always admired that. Well, it was a it was That's a close association. Uh, there's no question about that. That's wonderful. When I go back to I go back to to Cal Poly. I just took some notes 
when I went down there again, I didn't go down there to learn. I wanted to rodeo. It was a carrot that got me to school. But it was a ca- the carrot. And when I did go there, I did learn. I was a decent student. Today, my best friends, business partners, all came from that school. Uh, and uh, I look back at my, the year I got out of there, I, th- I graduated in 59. But I took a list of people that went to Cal Poly then. Monty Roberts wrote, wrote the leading best-selling book in Europe. John Lacey became the president of the National Cattlemen's Association. Carol Rose, I guess one of the leading quarter horse producers in the United States. John Lacey, or John Lacey, I already mentioned his name. Greg Ward. Uh, John Madden was a coach for the Oakland Raiders. So in 59, these were the 58 and 59, these were the graduates were leaders of the horse industry, the livestock industry, and I really attribute that to, to Cal Poly. That's great, Jack. Thank you so much. I'd like to talk a little bit about Cal Poly, and they are uh, also an alumni myself and love the school, love the learning and the education that I received there. I'm curious. What a wonderful list, Jack, of all these great men that came out of the school at that time and, and great leaders since then. I'm curious, Monty, what's your opinion of some of the constructs of character and doing well in the world after Cal Poly? What do you, what do you think you learned from the school then that, that was taught well, that helped you, know, you when in I, life? Uh, Okay, when I first went there, you, you, you addressed that to Monty, didn't you? Yes, I did. Thank you. Okay. Um, when I first went there, Cotton Rosser was my hero, and um, he got injured early and sh- shortened his career in the rodeo arena. But, man, what he did was just outstanding. And I, going through the FFA and so forth before going to Cal Poly, um, it was just the only place I could go because they they bragged about their upside-down uh, theory. That is to say, when you started out at Cal Poly, you started out right on the ground. And you were driving tractor or you were d- building a, 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 a reservoir or you were riding a horse or you were doing things with the cattle. And, and the, you, the classroom came kind of later and you, you got into the academics of your education later on but it was a real school it was a school of the earth and that's what i wanted i went up and visited uh davis on uh what they called their holiday or uh thing and it was all academic uh, to me davis was all academic and uh, we we had some friends at davis that we picked up on the way by and, th- and they would go and, and and rodeo as a one-man team for davis but cal poly treasured the real things in life. And, and so I went there with the idea to learn. I triple majored and, um, I spent two more years, uh, starting two years earlier than Jack and then, uh, graduating in, in 59 the same way. So it was six years. And then I, I later, uh, took up for a doctorate behavioral sciences, um, uh, in Europe. But anyway, my time at Cal Poly was a real time and yeah, I wanted to rodeo too, but the learning thing was serious for me. And I had a lot of goals in life. And Jack is so right when he says 
but the reason we haven't spent a lot of time together is that we were both busy doing things and making things happen, and uh, that's what makes for real people. And when you do get together, man, uh, Jack sitting out back at my house here uh, playing the guitar and singing for a group of people that we had here, it's so gratifying to have that kind of friendship that uh, that lasts over the decades, not just years, but decades. And uh, we go back to, I mean, 46, how long ago is that? Uh, that's 10 <laughs> off me, that's 70 years ago uh, yeah. when, when, when we met one another. And, and um, we were just, just young kids, but right at that time, I think both of us, within us, had an enormous thirst for achievement and goals that we set for ourselves. And we were fortunate enough. We're both lucky guys. We were fortunate enough to to achieve some of those goals. Oh, that's fantastic. How about, how, well, I know, Jasper, uh that you told me it was the carrot of getting you to Cal Poly. What are your thoughts about the education that you received at Cal Poly and what you took away with that going into professional rodeo and then being an entrepreneur and ultimately a philanthropist? Well, Katie, again, I was a kid. I wanted to be a rodeo hand from day one when I was a little boy. And Cal Poly had a, like Monty said, Cotton Rosser was my hero when I was a kid. He used to do ads for Don Hoy Hat Company, was well-dressed, looked like a cowboy, acted like a cowboy. And he was the guy that I originally... I looked up to because he set the standard for me what a cowboy should be. And he came from Cal Poly. So when I went down there, I remember going down there with, I bought four steers, cost me $90. I was broke and I bought four. I went down there with a cattle truck with four bulldog and steers and I paid 90 bucks a piece for it. And a bucking horse called Pino Pete. So I went down there to rodeo. I remember... Uh, 15 years ago, they were going to disband the Cal Poly Rodeo team, and Cal Poly was a Notre Dame rodeo. I wrote some names down here between Monty Roberts, Hall of Famers, but Tommy Ferguson won six all-around championships of the world, John Miller, twice world champion, Bill Nelson, world champion, Ned Longo, Cotton Rosser, Chris Libert was twice all-around champion of the world and calf roping world champion, Jesse Segura and Ben Longo, were intercollegiate all-around championships, and John W. Jones Jr. won three world titles. So Cal Poly was always, to me, the Notre Dame rodeo, but what it did, it got those kids, including me, who wanted to rodeo the carrot that got us there. And I remember they were going to stop the rodeo team because of the funding. They were going to take the arena down, and we put on a function here at the ranch, and that year, we raised a quarter of a million dollars for the rodeo team between the new arena and scholarships. And there wasn't a person that I didn't pick the phone up to that didn't jump on this. That year, I think we fed 1,300 people at a golf tournament and a horse sale where nine horses bought 90,000. And two of those were Monty and Pat Roberts' horses. So the support of all these alumnus they got in here today. We've got a tremendous rodeo team, beautiful arena. But I remember getting up and speaking. I said, I'm not supporting the rodeo team to create a lot of great cowboys. But it was a carrot that got me there, and we've got to have our youth that likes the sport of rodeo to go to school, 
to get an education because I could honestly say everything I got today really came from my background at Cal Poly. My bankers, rodeo partner, Jack Sparrick, it goes on and on, all came from that school. So I, I firmly believe in, in, in Cal Poly. Um, we're really excited because Sean's Omega Fields company has done something amazing for one of our test horses. His name is Cadillac. And we felt so strongly about it that um, we definitely wanted to bring him on as a sponsor of Horsemanship Radio. And we wanted you to know that it came in that um, order first, is that we were so impressed with this product and with this horse's results that we wanted to have him a part of our um, our monthly shows. What is it about the Omega Fields product? Something's different. Omega Fields uh, was built around a really um, unique and proprietary technology. Flaxseed has been known for a long time to contain rich source of omega-3 fatty acids along with omega-6 and omega-9 fatty acids in in a near-perfect balance. But historically, there was a problem using it. It's high in fat, and when it was uh, milled into a feed product or a food product, it it would go rancid very quickly. So our company had developed a proprietary technology for stabilizing this high-fat flaxseed to make it usable, uh, give it a long shelf life in a natural uh, environment. We don't use any chemicals or additives to extend the shelf life or anything like that. It's a completely natural process. That's what makes our flax really different. Um, It makes it usable. It makes it nutritious over a long period of time. We guarantee an 18-month shelf life so consumers can use it with confidence without it going rancid that, you know, would potentially harm the horse. So quality of manufacture, every single thing in that uh, product, Omega Horse Shine, is food grade. It's made at a food grade facility with great care of product quality. Uh, the stabilization technology makes that Omega-3 uh, nutrition nutritional value locked in and usable for a long period of time. So proof is in the pudding, so to speak, that it, it really works. You'll see dramatic results in a fairly short period of time. All right, Jen, let's rejoin Katie and Monty and Jack and Jim again for this second half where they start to talk a little bit about college days. Pretty interesting stories. This is going to be fascinating stories. It was a different time, a different place, yet so much of it will ring true to anybody who's been in college. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And the pranks and the, you know, the little harassment. It's all there. It's really funny. Um, you know, one of the things, too, that happened at the time is that uh, people might know the name John Madden, not just for the uh, video game <laughs> for football, <laughs> but John Madden actually uh, attended Cal Poly at the same time. And uh, these guys that. knew each other. Yep. And uh, to this day, there was there was a story about airplanes and crashes and stuff that went on. But to this day, John Madden uh, drives around in a train and will not take an airplane to this day based on the experience back in Cal Poly days. Yeah, there's a little trivia for you. Who knew? John John Madden. So, But let's listen in on some of the... uh, I think they forgot we were even listening. And, and so they started to tell stories on each other, and it was hilarious. Worry not. There's, it's family-friendly. 
good it stuff. is family friendly you, and you got to stay to the end because they talk about uh chris cox and the next generation of of horsemen that are coming up and and why they're so good and how they're so eff- effective and and how this has just changed the way everybody looks at the next generation the head of the yell mustang newspaper's name was alton Pryor. lived in my house right across from Money and Pat Saddle Shop. He's the editor. And one night we had a couple of drinks and we decided to go to the pig unit and we got some paper sacks and we put a bunch of pigs and I think Roberts was there right with me. And we put all the pigs in the sack and we put them in the administration building and all night those pigs went up and down those marble floors and you can imagine what they look like. The following morning, professors are slipping and fallen and prior was with us wrote an editorial vandals raid the pig unit and the other thing we get done practicing in the morning bulldog and we used to ride our horse to class and there was telephone poles we tied a horse up and this guy named lloyd was the head of security his daughter used to ride my horses he'd see my horses tied to a telephone pole and he'd hang a citation on their tail for illegal parking so those are just some of the things that that are uh you know, I look back and I just, I can't get over what we did then. How I enjoyed it, though. You know, Jack, um, this is Monty again. <clears throat> Jack is one, he doesn't like to talk about it a lot, but he, he, when he was younger, he had a bad habit of sleepwalking and getting up in the middle of the night and doing things. <laughs> and he's, talking, <laughs> he's, talking, he's talking about that house they lived in down there. Well, I, let me tell that story, Monty. I, I had a bad case of sleepwalking. And one night we had a party in the house, and, and I had a, bunk, a little side room there, and I'm up in the bunk trying to sleep, and I had a Roadmaster Buick parked in front of the little house. And I dreamt I had to go to a rodeo. So Monty's in there, graveyard, all playing cards and drinking. I had a nightmare. I had to go to the rodeo, so I jumped out of bed in my shorts, jumped in that car, back the car up to a water faucet and I'm trying to screw the thinking the house is a horse trader and I'm screwing the water faucet onto the ball of the car and I look up and here's Greg Ward and Monty there. What the hell are you doing? I'm heading to the rodeo. So boy your memory's pretty good, Monty. Oh you said you said I need help hooking this trailer up to this car. So so Greg and I are down there twisting on this water faucet, helping him to hook the house to the back of his car so he can go to a rodeo. I'm telling you, you weren't safe. You weren't safe around this guy at all. He can tell you a story. He can tell you a story about picking up some little bull rider and, and he was going to throw him out the window or something. I don't know. It was unbelievable how he would do things in the middle of the night. Maybe he still does. I don't know. No, I'll check well, I got another story. There was a, I had a bar in San Jose. And uh, John W. Jones was a, a great bulldogger, and Monty was, and a fellow named Junior Musio. And that year, Salinas, uh, I bulldogged, and in the, I think in the morning, and then we went to my ranch in San Jose. <laughs> we we're going to practice bulldogging. So we stopped by my dad's bar, and I had a, a guy there, a customer, who always talked all this big cowboy language, how he rodeoed and all, he was full of baloney. So we stopped at the bar, Monty, John W., myself, and this guy, I won't mention his name, but he told you, who's these guys with you? I said, well, i got a couple of kids here, and they're wanting to learn to bulldog. He said, well, you want me to help them? I'm sure. And I had a arena with gravelly, and I had big, bad steers. 
<laughs> and here I got these top bulldoggers, and I bring this guy to the ranch. I said, now, Melvin, show these guys how to throw a steer. Well, them steers picked him up, and within 20 minutes, his shirt was ripped off. He was skinned up from one end to the other. And I said, well, you can't. He was, he was a weightlifter, wasn't he, Jack? Yeah, Jack. A big top wasn't guy. he a weight? He was a huge he was guy. A hod carrier. He was a hod carrier, Monty. Big, thick guy, full of baloney. Okay. Huh? I won't tell okay. his name because his family might read the book. But he, he was going to help Monty and Jones, and within 20 minutes, there wasn't a shirt on him. He was peeled up, and I'm laughing at him. So finally he said, I said, well, hey, you kids, you learned something? So Monty gives a shoot, wham, John W., wham. And this guy kept looking around. He said, These guys bulldog pretty good. And I said, well, they watched you, Melvin. So that night we went down to my dad's house. And pretty soon, this guy knew he was set up, and he told Monty, well, I might not do that, but I can wrestle. But he didn't know, Monty was an intercollegiate wrestling champion. So Robert said, let's find out. And out in my dad's patio, he took this guy, and I mean, from one end to the other, run over him. Monty, you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. I, I, I don't want to tell that story too often. Pat gets upset to hear it, but... Uh... I, I got away from that wrestling mat, but uh, I, I I did wrestle a lot. And this guy was, like you say, he was a great big guy with a lot of talk, but he didn't know how to wrestle at all. And it was a lot of fun. Um, it, 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 it was absolutely incredible. That that Remember the horse that I took up there that uh, Muzio was going to jump a steer on? Yeah. yeah. We, we, we called her Misfit. That's right. She could run. She was a tri- she was triple A on the quarter horse racetrack, but you had no control, no control whatsoever. That, isn't that the horse <laughs> we ran against the the guy in college? That's the one we ran against the, the world class sprinter in college. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And uh, she beat him all the way. The first bet was at seventeen yards off the starting line, and uh, everybody knew that a man could get off the starting line quicker. Uh, but 17 yards was the first bet, and she she won all the bets all the way down the racetrack. So uh, horses can outrun humans. That's no new news nowadays. <laughs> yeah. And and you know we 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 had that guide up there teaching us how to uh, cut up beef and stuff, and that's how Pat and I lived. Somebody. I, I had a calf that I tied down, and then we bulldogged him, and then we team roped him, and and then we ate him for two years after Pat and I got married. And it was just between us and starvation. Uh, but my parents gave us a big freezer uh, for, as a wedding present, and uh, and that was our our food. So you and I have a lot of similarities there. I mean, if you stop and think about it, it was that education. I'm sitting here in a house that I don't even want to tell you what it's worth. I'm sitting here overlooking a farm that is just incredible. We're the luckiest people on earth. And and I don't think if we'd have just rodeoed and, and done our thing, um, I don't think without a reasonable education that either one of us would have, uh, you know, managed to make it through to the, to the academic level that's necessary to become a success also in your life. And here's Jack with a 
golf course and a, and a farm in Brentwood and a beautiful home. And, and, and here I am really the luckiest man in the world. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I just don't think that without Cal Poly and Cal Poly should, should step up and, and cite us in some way as being that kind of role model that they would like their present day students to emulate. Uh, I think it's incredibly uh, necessary. We emulated Cotton Rosser because of his excellence in the arena and something has to spark people to get an education and, and find good goals for their life instead of just becoming, uh, you know, useless people. And, uh, and a lot of times we watch good people in rodeo that just don't have anything at the end of their athletic days. And uh, Cal Poly makes a difference in that area. Yeah, very much so. I, I look back at my own career. I was able to, through an education, able to speak. And, and I go back to the sport of rodeo. was under threat by, I call, animal extremists. And I was able, over the years, to stand up on television or radio. The same thing you've done, Monty, to be able to speak, to defend our sport and defend our industry. But it takes education to be able to do that. So that's why I strongly believe we need to have especially today we're being threatened agriculture in so many different areas that we need young people to be able to stand up and defend their industries. It's so true. And, you know, it's funny, Jack and I align ourselves uh, with the same conclusions in so many ways. I started in the 1950s to say no man would hire you to rope his calves like we rope them in a rodeo. And we ought to start thinking about making the calf roping a little more like we we would do if we were in a ranching setting. And the team roping is good enough. I mean, that's the way you would doctor cattle and one thing or another. But the calf roping doesn't make any sense to me. And, and it's been a, uh, it's been a, a weight around our neck in rodeo for a long time. And a lot of the rodeos have it after the hours and stuff. Um, and I still think that we could be a force for good uh, if somebody wanted to listen to us in terms of, of ameliorating some of these things that the uh, PETA and some of these organizations would, would find uh, inappropriate about rodeo because for the most part, the animals are revered, they're loved, they're treated well. Uh, it, it, they have everything going for them, particularly the bulls and the bucking horses uh, that PETA would say are antagonized or or dreadfully treated, that's just not true. It's just not true. And most of rodeo is uh, very kind to animals, and they love their animals. And I, I, just don't, I just don't think that the calf roping does us any good, and I'd, I'd love to see them change it to, to be more user-friendly. And, Marty, I want to uh, just say something. In my era, including your father and my father, with horses when I was young, they didn't treat horses the way they should have. And I remember my dad doing things to, to horses now that I look back. And I knew then he's doing the wrong thing. And yeah. I remember I went, the, uh, one of the first real good horsemen that I ever saw was Bill Linfoot. He was at Pleasanton, bought him two wild studs, he roped them. And anyway, within 40 minutes or so, he had them half gentled. I remember yeah. I think it was a horse that Jones has had that had bucked your butt off. If I remember yeah. right, he was a gray or a pinto. 
and you had that round circular arena and you did a demonstration without ropes, by using horsemanship and knowledge, and within 20 minutes you were on them. I remember going to the Cow Palace. You did a demonstration, invited myself and Donna, and Jack and Phoebe Cook was the president of the Cow Palace. And you called me up two weeks prior looking for problem horses. Because I had a few critics say, well, those are gimmicks. I knew this was no gimmick because there was a horse that came from Dublin. They couldn't get in a trailer. They had shipping boots on him and helmets and everything else. And it was a big round pen. And that horse was fearful of a trailer. Within 10 minutes, that horse followed you in a trailer. So what you were teaching was kindness to a horse and an animal. And I firmly believe that. So the message you sent, you know, today people are looking this a lot different. But it had to come from somebody. And I go back to, to yourself, what you did. Kindness. That's yeah. what, you don't do it through fear or pain. Right. And... You know, Jack, I've taken so many hits for this because the old traditionalists, you know, they they want to stay with what they had and, and they'll accuse me of all sorts of things. But uh, you and I have come through this and I, I think we had similar backgrounds to the extent that we can see that when you cause the horse to want to do it, it, it he does it a lot better than when you That's force correct. him to do it. That's correct. Well, this is Monty chiming in here because... I think this is the perfect spot to bring to life something that's going on in favor of Jack Roddy. Um, Here I am trying to be a role model for reasonable activities with horses and families, too, around the world. And um, I know Jack is a a great role model and, and has been one of mine, and we know role models in front of us. But recently... We had a guy enter our lives called Chris Cox, and uh, he's a young guy. He's the next. He's the next generation back there, and Jack has been such. Uh, I gave him a trophy. I tried to be a kind of a role model for him, but I, uh, I just saw a kid with a lot of talent and 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 recognized it. Jack has gone further than that and become a real role model for Chris Cox, and to show you the difference between generations in Jackson's generation and mine, everybody agreed it's four to six weeks to cause a horse to accept saddle and rider. That's what it takes. And you got to do these things that um, are not very nice. Uh, You just got to do them and you do them and get them behind you because they got to be done. Well, it's not true. And Chris Cox is the next generation and due to a lot of Jack's uh, encouragement and, and, and role modelship, uh, Chris Cox has gone on to win four times that uh, road to the horse thing where, uh, I don't know, in a few hours, in a few hours, he's on his horses and riding them without whipping on them and bumping them and tying the legs up and putting hobbles on them and tying them to a post somewhere without any of that. He is causing the horses to want to do it. I happen to have the good fortune of being a judge of one of his uh, events where he won it hands down. And it was just a joy to watch uh, the organized effort to just communicate and be there for the horse and meet the horse's needs. And Jack Roddy has been a strong role model for Chris in that. And I've tried to be somewhat of a role model to him, too. But Chris's talents has come through. But
But Chris never would have had that opportunity had it not been for the generation of Jack and myself taking a beating for what we believed in by a lot of people in order to open the doors for these things to happen. The world is changing now, and it'll never be the same again. I agree with right. you, Monty. Right. I go back to Chris Cox. <laughs> uh, Chris Cox, I met Chris. Uh, I, I knew all about Monty, and I saw Chris do a demonstration for Vista Doors one year, and I was really amazed at what he did. But a day or two later, I'm roping, and Julio Marino came to me, and he said, Chris Cox wants to meet you, wants to meet me. And I saw what up. I was, hi, Chris, I'm Jack Rodgers. I know who you are. You went to school with my father. His father was a legend in himself, came from Australia. And his dad went to Cal Poly. He was a bronc rider. That's when Chris and I became close friends. He's one of my dearest friends today. And he's like Monty. He's a tremendous horseman, including Tough Cooper, one of the great calf ropers today, goes to, goes to Chris to learn about horses. So a lot of rodeo people are paying attention now to what Chris is is teaching as as Monty learned a lot from Monty. So all this stuff starts to snowball in the right direction. Yeah. And Chris did a a demonstration Jack at, um, at John W's place. And, uh, I went there and, and just encouraged the hell out of him and, and, and the people that were there watching him too. And I gave him that, that trophy that I, I give each year. And and yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I've got another appointment now that I've got to get to, but uh, I think that if um, if this book is going to be right, that uh, somebody should sponsor a time when we get together and I'll start to drink uh, Cuddy Sark again or something, and we sit down around the table somewhere. <laughs> mm, that <laughs> sounds and, really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, Monty, this is this is Katie Cooney once again. That is a brilliant idea, and I have to say, I was just in San Luis Obispo last weekend, and I have been working with a special collections uh, librarians there, and I've also had the good fortune to meet President Jeff Armstrong, the new uh, very friendly to the ag departments and the rodeo team at Cal Poly, and I'm in dialogue with him, and my vision for this book is exactly what you're saying. I would love to do a book signing and a uh, conversation with all of you at Cal Poly and really make it quite an event on campus where we bring Jack and you, Monty, and Jim, and gosh, we could get Chris Cox in there. That'd be great. And maybe Debbie. Yes, John John W. Jones Jr., We'll get a good list, and, you know, what we could do is even Debbie and I, we could co-moderate it or do something like that, if Debbie, you'd be up for that. But I think it would be a tremendous opportunity, tremendous opportunity for not only you men, but for the legacy of Cal Poly to have you all there. And it's, I, I, Monty, I so appreciate your time today. It's just been absolutely fantastic to hear your thoughts about Jack and, of course, it validates everything I know about them, but it's good to hear a few more stories. Well, and just yeah. thank you for your time. And we'll, we'll just keep we'll get, building we'll on the base. Before Monty Joe's, there's another boy that's really uh, Jack's hero, and he's done a lot for rodeo and everything, and that's Randy Bernard. 
Oh, After yeah. That, man, he graduated at yeah. Cal Poly. Yes. And uh, he's, he's really we, a, a man that we need. Uh, yes, you betcha. But on that conversation. Yeah. We we, we could know. have a hell of a time there and, and uh, yeah. you know, have a lot of fun. I I I will tell Debbie to make it primary on my calendar to get this done and 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 go there and and have fun. I I won't be able to bulldog anymore, but I'll uh, <laughs> I, I might cut a cow or something. But anyway, we'll have a barbecue. And yeah, uh, yeah. Jack, you and Donna uh, just know that I'm out here and I think about you guys every single day and you uh you are my base of balance well i appreciate that Monty. Vice versa. yeah okay. yeah Monty, you're a good friend of mine and our family and jack both yeah both well, of you guys well, are well we haven't heard enough from you jim but you go on and you tell them you tell them whatever you want <laughs> and you don't <laughs> have to strike you don't have to strike anything we haven't struck anything from our lives yet and we won't get started yet. They can have I, won't, I won't tell anything i won't tell anything bad on you money okay. <laughs> you know the last the last things that kept us all three going down the road are the wives boy that's right that's true and donna and 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 edie believe me we were fortunate we had good partners, so I look back at my we were career. Very fortunate. Thank God I had some good support behind me, as you did. Yeah, and I know, and I, I, I didn't know Jack. I didn't know that Brennan family till I was about three or four years old. Yeah, I knew <laughs> when I was a kid, boy. Yeah, yeah. and that's 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 Caps's roots there now, and and uh, yeah. man, I, I, I had I had four little U's at King City Fair one year, and one of the Brennan. Uh, elder ladies came up and she gave me forty dollars a piece for them, uh, them little ewes, and and it, it it started a thing where I ended up with two thousand sheep. So uh, <laughs> we we were doing our education real early. Yeah. I'll see you guys and th- thank you very much for the opportunity okay, to be with you. Bye. Okay, Take care, bye. Right. Thank bye. you. Love bye. everybody. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Well, thank you, Jack, Katie, Jim, Monty, for joining us today. That was really fun, you guys. And I hope we've just kicked this off and just got something started here that um, maybe will become an annual event. You guys, you know, yeah, I had dad sign a contract contract recently that he's got 20 more years in him because he's just 80. So, you know, if you guys (laughs) want a copy of that contract, I think your family would appreciate it. Oh, Jack, Jack, he's not 80 yet. He's far away from that. That's right. Oh, I know you guys are the youngsters, but you know, I'll just rope you into that and you can be thinking about it for the next few years until you reach that spot. But (laughs) we're really pleased to have you. I'm glad Katie, you know, did this to put uh, the book together and, and put you guys on the air. And uh, before we sign off, Jim, did you have any final words that you'd like to say? Well, I'd just like to thank Jack for being a good friend. And uh, he's always been there for me whenever I needed him. And uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I appreciate it. It goes both ways. Yeah. So that's about what I got to say. 
That's yeah, awesome. And, and uh-huh. yeah, and Jack, um, I appreciate you coming. I, I appreciate Donna lending your time. I know you're still a really busy guy, and um, I, I appreciate you bringing Katie into our life. Is there any other final word that you'd like to say before we, we finish up here? No, not at all. I just do think it's a good idea down the road to, to get a Chris Cox and Randy Bernard and Monty and a group together. Uh, I do think that would be a hell of an idea. So let young people listen to what just a bunch of broke kids like when I was a kid at Cal Poly I had dated a girl that had some ducks and I was starving to death and she used to give me duck eggs to eat so I started out like Bonnie did with not a lot but over the years through hard work and honesty and tigger, whatever you want to call it yeah. desire went on and did things and that's why I think it's important for the young people today to, to know that we weren't just handed a uh, you know, a golden parachute. We had to work for it and get that message out to the young people. Absolutely. I, just the kind of story yeah. our kids hate to hear, but it's absolutely true that um, hard work, nothing beats it. You guys throw in a little talent and athleticism over the years, but you're smart men and you've really taken it to a um, a distance that we could never um, enjoy in our generation. So maybe it'd be fun to get you know, maybe the second generation, maybe the kids together with you guys and when we all meet up and, um, you know, we'll we'll tell stories on each other, I guess. <laughs> Good. Well, I'll be glad to do whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, all thank of you. you, for joining us on Horsemanship Radio today. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts, and I know that I'm transforming the lives of horses globally. You can learn to do it, too, on my Equus Online University. There's a new lesson on there each week, all the way from join up to advanced. Watch world's champions give their lessons. Join at MontyRoberts.com. Go to my Equus Online University. You can transform your horse, too. Today's trainer's tip comes from Sherry Gaber, a chiropractic, who's going to give us a little tip about a yoga move she's got. Stretch before you ride and after you ride. Welcome back, Dr. Sherry Gaber. I have been so excited to have you back on because you have such great stories about all these different animals. We deal with horses here, and I love that. But how often did we get to talk about bears and hawks and owls? And <laughs> how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, thank you. I love your your energy, and I so appreciate what you're up to and sharing all this great um, information with your audience. Oh, you're sweet. Well, that's why we have you on, because we love your energy, too, and we love what you're doing for animals. And um, we, we wanted to have you back for our segment on trainer's tips, and I know that you have some uh, valuable information for us, so let's get to it. What do you have for us today? Well, you know, most people don't uh, look at the whole perspective of the animal, and I always want people to be safe, and if an animal is hurting, um, it's good to know. So it's good to look at the animal. If they are hurting, they're not going to use one of their limbs or a couple limbs. So you want to look at if an animal's hurting, they're not going to use it. So it's called then you lose it. So mm. you want to look for symmetry, which means balance. And okay. um, I start at the butt and I move the tail and I tell the horse I'm there. I, mm. I put my hand on the upper part of the tail, then bring my hand down a couple inches and just move the tail over, you know, to the other side of the, outside of the leg. And you want to look at the buttocks and the width of the thighs. And you want to see what's balanced 
or if one is smaller, one is larger, then you a little look atrophy. At the- is it a little atrophy of the muscle yes. then? Shrink- yes. okay. okay. And if they're out of alignment, then one hip is locked, then that muscle is not going to be used well. Okay. So then it gets smaller. So then you know that that hip isn't working well. It could be sore, going up or down hills. Then you just, you're aware. The other thing you can do then is butt scratches and belly scratches before you ride. So when you're looking at something that's sore, if you do the scratches, then you can see how easily the horse will kind of like, I I call it a yoga stretch, you know, stretch up. So you put your hands on both sides of the tail and you scratch with your hands or you go underneath the belly and you always stay on the sternum. You never go past the rib cage and you do a a scratch there and so they could do that yoga stretch. And Mm -hmm. if it's difficult for them to stretch, then I would say either get some good chiropractic care, some good muscle work, and just know that they're sore. So then that way you're safer and they're safer. That's good. Yeah, that's a great tip. Thank you. I, I think a, a lot of people that have been around horses long enough have seen people doing that. They might have asked themselves, wonder what they're doing. Um, I think that's a great thing to explore. Thanks for that. And then I've got a bonus tip. Oh, wonderful. So what you can also do to see if an animal has been using their body um, symmetrically and balanced is go on a mountain block like a couple feet away from the back end and then look down from the top and from the buttocks to the shoulders, and sometimes you have to move the mane away from one of the shoulders, and mm-hmm. see if you see symmetry or asymmetry, which is, you know, not some not balanced. Um, mm-hmm. So if one is atrophied, one side isn't atrophied. You look at the balance from the horse from that angle. So that'll also tell you if your horse is balanced or sore. Okay, is it always that case, Sherry? Is it something that we're doing in training, maybe that makes one side more um, built than the other, or is it almost always something that's causing pain in the horse? That's a really great question. Um, All I would say is, I hate to say this, most animals, just because they are who they are, and sometimes they're hard on each other, and sometimes there's traumas, Mm -hmm. most animals are, have a misalignment. So Mm -hmm. all I can say to that is, from a chiropractic perspective, that there could be, it could be because of a misalignment. Yeah, and and that's worth checking, yeah. And all I know is from good trainers is if you're going to do one, um, something for one side of the horse, you have to reverse it. That's excellent. That's absolutely true, and a lot of people don't recognize that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Thanks for this week's trainer's tip. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you, Debbie. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged. September 5th, 2015, we've got the Night of Inspiration coming up with Monty and Pat at Flag is Up Farms in Solvang, California. And then he's off to England, and October 10, 17, October 23, 29, and 31, he is going to be top to bottom, side to 
you know, leeway, seaward, everything. It All looks like over it, England. Oh my gosh. He, he he actually Chrissy crosses and ups and downs. It looks like a corset kind of <laughs> and <laughs> and he will and so go on the website to look for all that. And then November sixth, we have a horse sense for leaders. That's a day long uh Corporate training, it's a professional development workshop at Flag is Up Farms about building trust-based relationships. And then that weekend, November 7 and 8, we have a Wild at Heart weekend with sculptress and equestrian, my mom, Pat Roberts, and friends of ours. It's going to be so much fun. This is the first time we've done these, and we have great plans. It involves artwork and horses and riding and an award and all kinds of crazy stuff cool ladies day that's right that's weekend right. and you can find all of that at montyroberts.com the website or you can call at 805-688-6288 for details about today's show you can go to the web page for this here podcast that would be horsemanshipradio.com where we will have links to today's guests uh, cool pictures, maybe one or two of Monty back in his college days, Woo-hoo! and some information about our guests. And as always, we love to hear your feedback. So you can follow us on Facebook at Monty Roberts or on Twitter at Monty underscore Roberts. Go get the app for your iPhone so you'll never miss an episode of Horsemanship Radio or any other Horse Radio Network program. Go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can download that app today because it's quick and it's free. That's right. And we want to thank our sponsors, the Equus Online University, Omega Fields, and IFA.com. Couldn't do it without you. Be sure to visit all our other great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. And until next time, have many happy horse hours. (laughs) 